Hey there, welcome to the Effortless Expansion Podcast. You got Beth Piazza-Bonin here today with me. I'm so excited to have her. Beth is a mother, a wife, a creator, healer, and spiritual seeker. At the apex of her career as a clinical psychologist specializing in trauma, she was thrust into her own healing initiation when she developed a severe and debilitating chronic illness. Beth grappled with the mysterious interplay between the mind-body-spirit connection and learned through her own healing that wholeness is our original state and our birthright. She now owns her own private practice where she guides people on a path of transformation by helping them step fully into their original essence and purpose with self-compassion and grace. She also specializes in psychedelics as tools for healing and co-hosts a podcast, 100% Healing, focused on building, loving community, and exploring the gifts of chronic illness. I met Beth at Dr. Joe Dispenza's advanced follow-up retreat, and she filled me with so much love and so much light in her story, and I knew I had to have her on this podcast. So welcome to this episode all about embracing the you, holy you. I'm so excited for you guys to tune in. love, this one's for you. I'm Jess, and this is the Effortless Expansion Podcast. This podcast is for women who are ready to do it differently. Women who are tired of being tired. Women who are ready to shift out of the old ways and rules that are still lingering from generations and generations of doing it a certain way. Together, we're going to expand your life in every way. Effortless expansion of yourself, your relationships, your health, your wealth. Write your own rules, your own way for you. Here on this podcast, you will redefine the way you show up for yourself and your desires. You will create visions for this limitless life and what it gets to look like for yourself and your family. You will reshape the way you show up for your friendships, children, and your spouse every week. Together, we will reinvent how your limitless life looks and feels in less than 20 minutes. I'm so glad you've chosen to be here with me. You ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone. I have my sweet friend here, Beth Piazza Bonin, a mother, wife, creator, healer, and spiritual seeker. I met Beth when I was at Dr. Joe Dispenza's event in August in Marco Island, and we hit it off. I think maybe we first saw each other when we were at the buffet line, maybe for breakfast. Yes. And when you go to Dr. <laughs> Joe's events, he gives you like, you eat so well. It's very good food with some treats. And oh, we were talking in the buffet line, Beth and her husband were there and we have a lot in common. And I was so struck by your story and who you are as a person, you radiate love and you radiate light. And so much what, what I stand for, what I share in this podcast is love and light and expansion in your way. And you are the epitome of expansion your way. Your story is so incredible. And I'm so honored to have you here to share it with us all. All of you listeners are going to hear Beth and her story, the adversity that she is overcome, that she's still working through the gratitude in her heart, the love and the light. We're recording this on video because I wanted you to see her beautiful face. And I also wanted you to feel you'll feel her energy if you're just listening to the podcast, but if you're also watching it, you'll see her love and her light as it radiates through her. And throughout the four days we spent together at Dr. Joe's, 
we kept running into each other and kept smiling and we had this connection and I felt really compelled to have her on the podcast. She, as I'm recording this, is my very first guest that I have had live like this. So I'm so excited to just have you here, Beth, in this revamp of the podcast that we've been doing and so excited to hear what you have to say. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I want you to just introduce yourself, share, tell us a little bit more about you. Absolutely. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Jess. That was really touching and it was so cool. I think this is a part of the gift of going through this process is meeting people like you and just being open to magic a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, my identity. It's so funny when I was on a podcast recently, when they asked me to introduce myself, I'm kind of in this place where it's, I'm kind of in this, who am I spot? Like, Mm -hmm. who am I beneath all of the labels, the roles, the interests? How do I identify myself? It's really been a lot of my work is trying to unlearn a lot of things that I thought I knew about myself and trying to step into who am I really? Who is underneath all of these roles and likes and dislikes? But for the sake of brevity, I'll say, I guess I'm an extremely spiritual person. As you noted, I am in love with all things God and divine. I feel like it's really shifted my path and that really woke up through illness. I've been going through a huge spiritual transformation. I'm a mom to a beautiful, amazing 15-year-old girl into a 17-year-old French student who's living with me for the year. I have been married for 17 years to Henry, who you've met, and he is just salt of the earth groundedness to my up in the stars floating aroundedness. (laughs) So that's really (laughs) a beautiful combination for me because I can get way up in the ether. And then I guess for my work, which is what I used to mention first, which I don't do anymore, I'm a psychologist. And even that label doesn't seem to totally fit me anymore because I do practice psychology, but there's something different stepping into my path, something that's less about fixing and changing and more about allowing and becoming and unearthing what people already are underneath a lot of the things that have been put on top of them. I've, I was fellowship trained in trauma treatment. And so that's really shifted in the way I work with people. It used to be very much about healing and fixing and Now it's much more about how do we go through the layers of pain to find joy. As you said, that word expansion is really beautiful. On top of that, I'm a podcaster now. I have a podcast about chronic illness and not the physical side as much as the spiritual, emotional side, the energetic side, and the physical after effects that come from that. So having some some touchstone for community that's really based in love and grace and not fear. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. I can certainly dive a little bit more into the health story if that would be helpful. Yes. Yeah. So let's, before we jump into that, I want to, before we actually hit record you all, we have this conversation. It's beautiful. And it sounds like we're just at such a similar place in our lives. And this is going to come out in best years for story, but when we were catching up, because we, while we follow each other online, we haven't really had a big conversation until this morning. I mean, even then it was quick and short before we hit record, but catching up on how each other is doing. And Beth had asked me, well, how are you doing? And I said, you know, I'm just at this, I have this really full life and I'm at this place where I really am tuning in more to my divine feminine energy and what that looks like because, and y'all have heard me say this before, 
I was the queen of the gripping, the controlling, the like pushing. I could do anything and everything. You give me a goal and like, I'm gonna hit it and I'm gonna wear myself out doing it. And I'm gonna push other people back behind me to get to it and all the things. And through this spirituality work, I just, it was becoming apparent to me that I no longer desired to wear the badge and I no longer found worth. I knew my worth wasn't tied up in the doing, wasn't tied up in all the things that I was being quote unquote recognized for, or I was, I felt worthy in. And it's in the, it's taking the identity out of that and taking your words, Beth, I love so, so much there about who am I now? If I'm no longer her, who am I now in this divine feminine work that actually is open to receiving and open to being in flow and things actually just happening instead of the gripping and the controlling and really surrendering to, wow, life is amazing when I slow down and decide to see it and being so grateful for where I am, what it is I have, who I am, and really de-identifying with the old self in me that no longer aligns with where I currently am in my expansion journey. And what I think is so beautiful about that is no matter where you are in your expansion journey, there are different levels and layers of you that over time will you'll will evolve into other versions of you, right? Where you'll no longer be the person that grips and controls or you'll no longer be the person that's always late or lives in fear or all the things. And when Beth shares her story, you're going to really hear the different versions of her and how she's evolved in her life. And, you know, she has been through this very, very much of a health crisis and the outlook she has on it now. And when we talked in for Dr. Joe's retreat, that is the one thing that struck me is how much gratitude she has for where she is. So I don't want to give away your story, but with that, I wanted to set the stage for, you know, in our different journeys of expansion, in it becoming more effortless is the iteration of ourselves that where we no longer identify with the past versions that no longer serve us. And it's in letting go of those versions of us where we can become very grateful and very open to receive all the magic and the miracles that the universe has for us. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I mean, it's just so honoring so much that you just said, because it touches so many points in my heart of where I've arrived to the, the whole meaning of this illness for me. And I was just thinking, I'm so glad, Jess, you didn't have to learn the way I did. I'm so glad you're listening to the messages that you're getting, Mm -hmm. because I think I did receive messages about the striving and the controlling and the gripping, but you mentioned this, like my identity, I loved that about myself. I was, Mm -hmm. you were not going to pry that out of my hands. Like you were not going to tell me to stop running marathons or to stop working excessively or to stop achieving. Like there was nothing you could do or say to me bar some crisis that was going to get me to change. And so I think the place of gratitude that I'm arriving in now comes from that knowing that the story I'm going to share with you had to be exactly how it was for me, because I had this very 
unbalanced masculinity in me and masculine isn't good or bad. It's just when it's out of balance, Mm -hmm. it's not healthy. And I was, Mm -hmm. I had created this whole persona around getting love through achievement and getting love through showing myself I can face fear. And it, it turned into, it turned into a crisis for my body. So five years ago, I'm just coming up to the anniversary of when I first started all of this. It started with my mind getting really dull and slow. And I was only 35 years old. So I was like thinking it was age, but like, that's not age. I would come home and just (laughs) tell my husband, like, I'm not smart anymore. Like, I don't know what's wrong. I was stuttering. I couldn't, luckily this is all resolved now. I can speak clearly and my mind is very much intact now, but back then it was really, really hard to function. I would, I would stay silent in meetings, which wasn't like me. I was scared to talk. I would just have like my, my processes weren't working well. So that happened for several months. And I just kind of thought like, okay, I'm getting older. It's funny to look back. Like I'm 40 now and I don't think I'm old. So a 35 year old <laughs> thinking like, oh, I'm aging. <laughs> you know, but I was really fatigued. And then one day these neurological symptoms started and within the span of months, these twitches, nerve shocks, pain down my spine, down my shoulders, in my eye, even in parts of my body that affected intimacy in my legs and my toes and my finger. I mean, really you could throw a dart at me. It, it affected that part of me. It affected all of me. And the nerve pain became so excruciating that I couldn't exercise. I was a marathon runner. I was obsessed with health food, obsessed with avoiding chemicals. I did all like, if you watch the Instagrammers who like promote all the things to do to stay well, I did all those things. I was already doing Mm. those things, which just gives me so much perspective of the gripping and the controlling Mm -hmm. and how the thing you don't want can become the thing that happens. Mm -hmm. The thing you say, I'm so scared of this. Don't ever happen to me comes. So it, it terrified me. And I went from my body was this refuge where I would just, I loved exercising. And I can remember having this thought multiple times, God, if you ever wanted to get to me, you would take my body because that would do me in. I won't mm-hmm. make it through that. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Like there's like that and maybe one or two other things that I knew would just flatten me. I can get through anything, but don't do that. And I couldn't even do yoga. Like the pain was so, and it's not like pain you push through. I can push through pain. That's not the problem. It's the after effects. Mm -hmm. The body taught me that, oh, if you push through this, I'm going to give you a lesson, Beth. You are not going to be able to just push through. We're going to stay with you and it's going to make it so much worse. So I had to come into the body in this new way. And I fought it just so hard that my mind got so dark. I didn't mm-hmm. want to live. I didn't, I mean, it got to the point where I was scared. I wouldn't either. My health was going to get so bad. I wouldn't have a choice or I would get to the point where I just couldn't live in this body. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine being in this world in this way. I didn't mm-hmm. know who I was, how, you know, I ha- went through all these issues with my job where I would have to go and leave. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and lymphocytic colitis and a whole host of other labels that I frankly just don't care about because at the end of the day, I did all the treatments. I did all the antibiotics. It did save me. I mean, I was emaciated and gray for a while. I look healthy and normal now. I carry a lot of severe chronic pain. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. if you saw me, you wouldn't know that about me, but even taking a walk down the street or like having a day with family walking, you know, downtown and shopping, I, I feel that 
every second in my body up to this discomfort and it lasts. So in the middle of all of that, I thought I was leveled. I was like, whoop, got brought to my knees. Here I am. I'm at the bottom. And I was in the park in my favorite part in De- park in Denver. I was living in Colorado and I was eating this really healthy, perfect salad. And I'm setting this up for you just to say, like, if you think you can just do it right <laughs> and it will stop, it is not how it's worked for me. <laughs> I'm eating this like perfect organic salad with my fern- fermented vegetables on it and like all the things that were healthy. And my digestion that day changed and it has never been the sense I went from what I thought was the worst to worse. Mm-hmm. I couldn't digest water for a period of two and a half years. I would go through, if I went through a period of a week where I could digest water, it was a win. Like mm-hmm. it was like, if you have to digest water. So I found out the part of my colon that processes water was inflamed. The doctors were like, this is weird. Like we see this in like 50, 60 year old women. And like the places it's in your colon, like everything was strange. They were just all like, this is all strange. We don't know. And when you get diagnosed with Lyme disease, a lot of weird things happen. Mm -hmm. So I guess the short version is for two and a half years, that brought me to a new level of low. It leveled me in a new way where I couldn't even hide in food. I couldn't even pretend that there's a diet that was going to fix this Mm -hmm. um, because I couldn't, and I couldn't take water in consistently. I was living on, for some reason, Pedialyte was like this magical solution that I could live on, but it was like full of sugar and chemicals. And I'm like, how is this my life? I'm living on Pedialyte and gluten-free yeah. bread. I'm yeah. living on sugar and sugar. And all I want to do is be an organic, vegan, oh, you know, yeah. healthy person. And so it, it brought me to a place of having to ask myself, how did you get here? Like, mm what's happening inside of you where your body is this in disarray? And I don't want anyone to hear that in a blame or shame place. If you have any kind of illness, that is not at all the invitation that I sort of asked myself to step into. It was more of like, where did I lose my power? Mm. And where am I giving my power to doctors, to protocols, to force to this old way of being that isn't serving me and how do I step into something maybe I don't understand with my mind maybe Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. have a formula maybe it's not linear and to be honest I'm still in this like I have a provider who I love dearly but she really tells me like it is and she you know lets me like Beth you're still in your mind Beth you're still doing that thing Beth this is not how you shift energy like you know, all the things and it's going to get in your way. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to like hear my story and think, oh, she's arrived and she's made it. Like, I think we, this is an iterative process of definitely coming into wholeness. So mm-hmm. I'm in a much better place with my body um, now, but even earlier this year, my hearing got impacted. The nervous use came into my hearing and thank God I can hear well again. It was, it was to the point where I was having to wear like earplugs and public. So when I met you, it had resolved quite a bit, but I was still having some issues. Now it's much better, but now I have pain all in my face and my ears. And I guess what where it will bring to where we met is that I, I had to come inside myself mm. and reconnect with the light and reconnect with the divine, or I was going to die. Mm. I mean, it was that simple. I was either going to die because my illness was going to take me because it was going to get too severe or I was going to leave on my own accord because I couldn't take it anymore. And when you're really forced to that place, it shows you how little control you have, but that what you do have control over is your mind. (laughs) 
-hmm. And that is it. And so meditation has become, I've been a meditator for about 15 years, but I was like a meditator, you know, like now I am a meditator and now it's, it's a very different relationship. So I guess I'll stop there. That was sort of the big picture story. I don't know if that gave enough context around all of that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And let me just say, you know, I'd, I'd heard your story, not in that many details because when we met, you know, it was, well, you know, we had an hour for lunch and you're eating and you're talking with other people. And you're also, you know, for all of you listening, when you go to a Dr. Joel event, which I could not recommend it enough, you know, I've talked about it before in other podcasts, but you go and it's this, and you said this at the beginning, Beth, like, I'm so glad you listened, Jess, you didn't get to the point where I am right now from your gripping and controlling and all the things. And when you walk around Dr. Joe's events, you'll see people who are, who you can see are physically sick, right? They're in wheelchairs or they can't walk or, you know, they have, they have walkers or they have assistance or they're in oxygen or whatever. And you can physically see that somebody like, you know, Beth is walking around in the light and you can't tell that she's sick. And it's this, for me, at least it's this, like, you know, and, and I'm, I am, so gratefully, humbly, so well. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm walking around seeing all these people who aren't and, you know, sending them love and sending them light and sending them healing. And then, you know, you see, meet people like Beth who's walking around and you'd never know, right. That she, that she is ill, that she's really battling this chronic, chronic illness and this chronic pain. And yet she's shining her light. And it just, for me, it's such a reminder of, you never know, right. What somebody is, is working through. You never know unless you can physically see it. And even then you don't have a great picture of it. Right. And so that was another thing that really hit me when you and I met. Right. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I certainly haven't walked through my own struggles in other areas of my life. They haven't hit me physically, but that, it just goes to show you, you know, again, you, you don't know what somebody's walking through. So it's the grace, it's the openness, it's the, it's the seeing each other as, as we are and loving each other exactly as we are and wherever we are in our journey period, without judgment, without shame, without guilt, without comparison, all these things that I stand for in life for myself as I'm growing and evolving. And as I teach my children, and as I hold this really large context and vision for the world. And I'm just so honored that you allowed yourself to get vulnerable and come on and, sh and share this with us, Beth. Thank you. It's a gift to be able to do it because of what you just named, which is that so many people who struggle with chronic illness live an invisible life. Mm -hmm. And it actually gets me a little emotional to say that because it's, we carry a secret with us all the mm -hmm. time. We carry what feels like, um, just an enormous weight mm -hmm. and to, you know, and my mom reminds me, but that's it's hard for people to remember because you look like you, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, when I was really, really sick, I didn't look like me, but I look like me now. And mm -hmm. I think what brings me gratitude as I speak about this is that the me who gripped and controlled was judgmental. And mm -hmm. it's not to say I don't struggle with judgment now, but I really don't in the same way at all. Um, I used to see people who were in chronic pain or who, because I treated a lot of people with this, or I would see and even had a coworker who dealt with a mystery illness and she was young and she would miss work. And I just remember thinking like, if you did something different, this wouldn't be happening to you. 
if you ate something different, if you tried the something, something to the such and another, like you wouldn't do this because there's a way to do anything. Mm -hmm. It's sort of, so there was all this judgment and I'm humbled so much now by the grace that comes with the letting go of no, we are in these lives and we do have say, we do have power, but we are not at fault. And Mm -hmm. to judge others and to assume things about people because of their diagnosis or their label or whatever it is, that's been one of the biggest lessons for me and has brought me to a place of compassion. Mm. But it also helps be able to name and speak on behalf of all of us who carry these, these hidden diseases mm-hmm. because they're, we get so isolated and disenfranchised that it, um, it hurts. People don't know how to interact with us, but it's a gift to have someone like you name it and to say like, tell your story and to give a forum for it. You know, I, I just, I so appreciate that. Yes. Oh yeah. Gosh. I'm so grateful just to, to listen to you for my own expansion and my own awareness. And it was such a, such an experience meeting you and others at, at all the Dr. Joe events I've been to when, you know, really when you can connect with somebody that it is so invisible, right. When you're walking down the street, you know, everyone always says, you never know what somebody else is going through, but then to talk and hear your story and to bring awareness to it. I wanted, wanted you to share your story here on the podcast, because I want women to know who are struggling with similar issues or different and be able to connect to you to say like, Hey, this is actually where I've been, what I'm doing for treatment, which we're going to get into that. And then I also, you have such a beautiful just spirit about and gratitude in your life, you know, where you are, where you've been and how much gratitude you have. And just all that you've been through, that is the, that is the big thing that you left me with was just like, and you know, even when we've talked online, just your whole, that you're so grateful for everything that you've been through. I probably just gave away too many little nuggets there. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. I could take it in so many directions. Guess what I would say is, you know, I think about, I think about the gratitude and what you're speaking about and how, when we share this together, it starts to kind of light up other people. And I I have found that in my own, my own podcast, I had a, somebody I met at Dr. Joe actually was one of my first guests because she was sitting at breakfast with us one morning and there was a woman crying and another woman started crying. And I found out this woman's choking. She has an autoimmune disease that makes her choke. This woman has cancer currently and is scared and terrified. And this woman who looks beautiful and radiant says, I think I am supposed to share my story. And she healed her stage four cancer, not with Dr. Joe's work. It was 10 years before, but with things similar to coming into your essence, into your energy and Mm -hmm. realigning all that is you. Mm -hmm. And she was so grateful. She was just like, I'm so grateful that I almost died. I'm so grateful. And this thing happened at our table where the crying turned into like meeting chills. Now it's like, I can do this. If you can do this, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to heal. And if my body doesn't, I'm going to be healed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even matter. Like Mm -hmm. there's a point at which, and I know that sounds flippant and I don't mean to be flippant about diseases that are lethal, but I, I've come to a place where I truly believe I take this healing with me. Even if my body dies, even if my body doesn't lose the pain, even if my digestion keeps doing what it's going to do, I get to keep this. And it is, it is so profoundly beautiful. And the person I was before struggled with gratitude. It was never enough. It was never enough. I was never enough. No one around me was ever enough. The things I did were never enough. 
And I still have edges around that. Mm -hmm. But I sit now when I, when I drink a bottle of water and it works out for my body, I am in gratitude. And when you've been brought to the place where drinking water Mm -hmm. makes you grateful, you start to see the world as magic. It's like, oh my gosh, what did I miss? Mm -hmm. What did I miss when I thought I was having to be this other person Mm -hmm. to be loved and to love other people? It's like, no, right now is already perfect. Mm -hmm. It already has so much in this moment to just Mm -hmm. sit and be appreciative of. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you had shared, you said to me and this, like kind of took my breath away when we were talking at Dr. Joe's event about, you know, like, you know, I wish I hadn't, and that I'm not, that I didn't have to walk through all that I, all that I've been through, but also how could I not be so grateful because I would never be who I am right now. I would never have my power back. I would never have the relationships I have with my family or myself. If this hadn't happened to me, I never have all this time that I have to work on myself. So what a gift it is, what a gift it's been. And now I get to use this platform, use myself and my story to impact others, to take their hand and hold them along in the journey. And that is so powerful, Beth. That is so powerful. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, it's true at this point, you know, there were points in my life and it's really been the last year where I'm in this place to be able to hold a lot of gratitude for this, but Mm -hmm. I had to go through a lot of terror. And so I guess if anyone's listening and they're like, well, I'm not grateful for what I'm going through and I'm not there. I want you to know, please do not see this pretty picture of like, oh, that's for her. That's for them. That's for someone else. I wish you could just imagine me in this, what we call my pink bathrobe days. I would put this bathrobe on and I would curl up in a ball and I would be on the floor and I literally couldn't get up. And this happened over and over and over. I would, I would cry, I would sob, I would protest. And I had a, a best friend who would just come and hug me and love me and be like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. And I, I can't tell you how far down I got. Mm. Like you, you see me like made up today and looking healthy and like, if you're in a place where you're like, I can't get through this divorce, this relationship issue, this health crisis, this, whatever it is, I'm telling you that you can, Mm -hmm. but you have to let go and you have to let it change you. And it's a, I hate surrender sometimes so much (laughs) still, but when I let that river take me and I trust, I'm, I'm never disappointed in the beauty that comes along in the transformation that's available but you can't skip over to that without being in the river. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do it without having to grip and say, I'm so scared and I'm going to, Oh my God, I can't do it. Okay. I did it. And I mean, I grip sometimes and I always think of it because my friend sent me this picture of this octopus and it was like, had the tentacles. And I'm always like, how many tentacles do I have today gripping in this moment? And sometimes it's like all of them. And sometimes I can feel two and sometimes I feel none. And it is not like I've arrived and I just do this naturally, but I'll tell you meditation has been that medicine that I haven't had my miracle moment in my body. I've had some miracle moments for sure this year, which have been life-changing with energy and some out-of-body experiences I had, but I believe that meditation is as important, if not more than food to me now, it is Mm. not it is not an option. It's not like, am I going to meditate today? It's how many times am I going to meditate today? Mm -hmm. And my family knows like, don't mess with her meditation time. This isn't a hobby. 
Mm-hmm. This is like breathing. Mm-hmm. This is this is what allows me to continue to come into presence with the moment and to let that surrender happen because without it, I'm an old Beth again. Mm-hmm. I'm gripping and striving and wanting you to be different, wanting me to be different. Let's just make this perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's only through meditation that I am in prayer. I have a very rich prayer life. So I those go together for me, but that's the only way I've I've gotten here and I plan to be even more myself a year from now and a year from then. So the expansion continues. Yes, of course, of course. You know, so interesting to me. And when I just point out, my soul keeps saying like, are you going to ask her about this? You know, you said this and you're very aware of it because you're very conscious. Before your health crisis, you said, you know, I was, I remember running a working out and saying, you know, dear Lord, whatever happens, don't take my body, right? Mm-hmm. Don't take my body. And what happens? Yeah. <laughs> it's your body, right? You know, do you feel like you placed a lot of, do you think there was a lot of fear and worry and energy behind that Beth? that like, you know, you actually did manifest that forward, not in this way. And I don't mean that from like, you called this forward in that way, but because, you know, we do create our own reality in ways. Do you feel like that was a big indicator for you when you started first started feeling that and thinking that in your mind, when you were so avid in your, you know, in your exercise routine and in in your life and you're gripping and controlling of it? I think I ask myself that question a lot. And I think my honest answer is, I don't, I don't know. And the first iteration that it took was that I believed I was being punished for something, doing Mm -hmm. something wrong. And then when I really got to know God and whether you call it God or divine or spirit Mm -hmm. or whatever language feels right to you, God feels comfortable for me. And that's not how God works. And Mm -hmm. I, I have come to a place in meditation, because I do play with, you know, my ability to impact energy and my ability Mm -hmm. to work in the quantum. And I, and I heard a message very clearly when I was at the last retreat and I was doing this walking meditation and it was pouring rain and it was just Mm -hmm. this like incredible moment. And I heard this message inside of me and it said, Beth, you do your part and I'll do mine. Mm. And it was this meeting of God and me, Mm -hmm. like, God's not going to tell me God could, I believe my beliefs are that God could say like, yeah, this is your path for a reason and trust Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. But I also think God gives me free will and that God's like, okay, Beth, you are going to have to get control of this thinking problem you have. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to really learn to love yourself fully and authentically. And this energy has to happen. And when you do your part, I'm going to do mine, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do my part until you fully do your part. And so when I look back, it's, it's like, did I call that in or did I I'm also very intuitive sometimes I wonder did I know because <laughs> yeah, one of my totally. best friends one of my best friends also has walked a very similar path and she also had this flash when she was first married that this was going to happen in her marriage and mm. so I, I wonder did I know it was coming was I trying mm. to prevent it did I call mm-hmm. it in all I know is it's exactly how it's supposed to totally, be right now. Absolutely and fine. so it's this feeling of like allowing that, which has been a process because I was very mad at myself for a long time. Like you, you called this in, you were afraid it made it happen. You're being punished. And now I think 
I see the gift coming. I see the lotus flower blooming. And I say, no, Beth, this was exactly how it had to be. It couldn't have been any other way. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I, I firmly believe too, that no matter, I mean, certainly our thoughts are, are part of it. Our feelings are part of it. Our actions are part of it. But also I firmly believe that before we came here, this was, this was our life plan, right? It, right. it was part of your, we knew what we signed up for, right. We knew what we signed up for. You signed up for this, whether or not, you know, you, you, you remember it at the time when it happens, this is, this is part of your experience, right? That's something always, when I meet myself in the shadows, which, um, actually just the last like really 48 hours, I've been walking through some really, 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 really deep shadow stuff about me and my wounded masculine and how I see myself and all the things. And just having this like big epiphany as it relates to trust with men and how I see them and how, you know, I don't fully trust my husband. Even that's a big realization I've had like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And meeting myself in the shadows is often the times where, and I'll go back and say, let me preface that and say, or any man for that matter. And that goes back from like deep, deep childhood wounds from, from when I was really young, but it's meeting yourself in the shadows and saying like, this is really freaking hard. And I cannot believe that this is where I am, or this is what I think, or this is like what I'm here for, what I signed up for. Yet also having this like incredible piece of like, but it's going to be fine. And actually this is what I signed up for. And it is going to be divine. And it's part of my life's path and mission and purpose in to walk through, to guide others and myself and my family and all the things. So I love that, that you said, you know, I did, I have asked myself that question many times yet. I also know that like, this is where I am and it doesn't matter. I can't go back. Right. You can't go back. This is where you are. So that's, that's beautiful. Thank thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing that. Allowing me to ask you, allowing me to ask you that. I'm sure that that wasn't easy to hear. Oh, no, at this point, at this point, I, I, I'm pretty stable in where I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I can receive it. Well, maybe three years ago, two years ago, that would have been, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm pretty anchored in trust really of the divine. And that, that happened this year fully for me, it's been a process. And now I'm anchored securely in that. And I was able to say, yep, okay, I'm letting go and this might be my life and it might not be. And mm-hmm. I get a say, but I don't get all say. And mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a creator of my life, but I'm not the creator of my life. I'm a participant, I'm a co-creator. Mm-hmm. And that's been extremely freeing for someone who's been in the wounded masculine, like just overly, you know, and I too have those same shadow parts that you just named. And so I was depreciating that and and from childhood, but also from sexual assaults in my teenage years. And I, it's it's interesting to see how that can create this very masculine persona of fixing and doing and trying and just totally. create safety from this feeling of I'm not safe with mm-hmm. men. I have to match them. I have to be them. I have totally. to deny my my self as a woman, which I know these constructs of masculine and feminine, we're not really talking about gender here, but I guess too, it does dovetail with gender. And I, I really didn't want to be a woman in some ways. I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to have those qualities of the feminine where mm-hmm. it's like that open, creative, trusting self. Cause I'm like, that's where you get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's where you're not safe. And mm-hmm. so healing that has come in having to heal the traumas that I went through. And that's mm-hmm. been a big part of my journey too. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about meditation because it's obviously, yeah. obviously something that we both have a deep, deep love for, and that it's part of our life every single day. So I know we met at a, at a Dr. Joe retreat, but I'm going to ask you, what are your, some of your favorite meditations? 
So I, I mix up a lot of meditations because I, I love Dr. Joe's meditations because of the really allowing for this deeply feeling part of myself to connect with positive feelings. Mm. So I love connecting with his meditations in that way. His meditation that I love the most is called electric body. Mm. I don't do that one as much at home because I don't actually like the recorded version as much as the one that he does live. But that one I had this like huge transformational experience, but I do a lot of different meditations that he has produced. I have almost all of them, but the one that's not Dr. Joe that I really have had such a change with is by Sacred Acoustics and it's called Love Body. And it is this, it is the sacred feminine in a meditation, like Mm. the divine feminine. It feels like if if the divine parts of God could be in sound, I don't know if that sounds weird, but it Mm. is this like the sounds that they create in that meditation, they use binaural beats. They also use other sounds and then they have a a voice that kind of instructs you, but I don't even really care about what they're telling me. I like the one that where there's no instruction. My nervous system, it's just like this nutrient of femininity and it's beautiful. So I really Mm. love that one. And Jeff Primack, is a Qigong teacher. If you Google him and the nine breath method, that is another one that has like changed my life. It mm. is, he has different kind of breath techniques that he pairs with. One is a gentle Kundalini activation. One is kind of working with a global healing meditation, mm. but I do his breath before my own just self-directed meditations. And I have gone places that I have not been able to go before with that breath, like it is extremely powerful. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. Mm. Well, I can't wait to try those because I haven't tried any of those that you mentioned. I mean, other than Dr. Joseph on electric body, of course. So we'll link them for all of you listening. We'll link those in the show notes. So you guys can take a look at those if you want to try them. And I'm excited Beth. you just gave me a couple new ones yeah. to try. So that feels fun. Would you mind Beth explaining just a little bit about some of the experiences you've had when you're meditating, just some of the out-of-body, out-of-body experiences you've had, or as it correlates back to your health, maybe, you know, a big part of this and meditation, you talked about how, you know, you're healing yourself. If you could share some of that, that would be great. Absolutely. My biggest experience happened last year. And I guess I was applying sort of process that Dr. Joe teaches us around getting into the void, connecting with, um, an elevating emotion, like love, compassion. And I was doing that with a very intentional breath that was intuitive to me where I was slowly breathing in and out and in and out. And I was having this energetic shift already that day that I could feel. I sat down on my meditation cushion. It was nighttime. And I just listened to a song that I wanted to listen to. It it was one of the songs that I like to meditate to. And I don't know how long I was up there for, but I started to have this energy surge come up my body and I didn't know what was happening. And I later found out it, it sounds like Kundalini energy, mm-hmm. but I don't even have to label it. I don't even care what it was. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, yeah. It started in my first chakra and it felt sort of like a whole body orgasm. I don't know mm-hmm. what else to call it. Mm-hmm. And then it went up my body and my belly started like having this, um, expansion that kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was like, what is happening? I'm just (laughs) going to keep going with it. Mm -hmm. And it went up my spine, down my arms. I was spinning. And I remember thinking it's over. The the illness is over. Like Mm -hmm. I healed myself. Like I, my neck was getting tight, but it was, it was not uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so this energy, it took all the pain away. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I had some like audible noises that came out. It was very strange, but anyway, I, I just trusted it and went with mm -hmm. it. And eventually I went downstairs. It was midnight at that point. I told my husband, I was like, Oh my gosh, this big thing has happened. And he's like, are you on drugs? Like, are you serious? Right now? <laughs> Energy went at my body. To, this is before he did any meditating and he had heard any of this. And he was like, okay, Beth, like go to sleep, you know, like, whatever. So I was a believer after that. I was like, okay, this stuff is real. And so something like that happened to me different, but similar in April when I went to the Denver advanced follow-up where I was like sucked into the floor and I had to actually get help to get up. And the energy part, I don't usually feel energy like that. It was, mm. it was incredible. My body like wouldn't stop convulsing. It was a little scary. I, they kind of grounded me and helped me see it's not anything to be afraid of. So those were like two huge energy experiences I had. And then I had, I sometimes see like this purple, it's like a vortex. It's the only way I can describe it. And it's when I'm meditating, it's been gone for a while. I don't know where it went, but or I'm not trying to force it. But when it comes up, Sometimes it feels like I'm going to fall into it. Mm. And I had been meditating using the sacred acoustics meditation, which really kind of gets your brain into this meditative state without having to try so hard. It's sort of a shortcut. And I've been doing it before bed. And sometimes my brain gets confused when I meditate before bed, if I want to go to sleep or meditate when I'm trying mm. to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to fall asleep and the purple tunnel came and I think my brain thought like she's trying to meditate right now, but I wasn't, I wanted to go to bed. Uh -huh. <laughs> so this tunnel came and it opened up and I fell into it, which mm -hmm. this, is, this can all sound crazy. If you, if you're new to this. So if you're like, this is BS, like I, I was right there with you. I would have been saying this is BS too, but it, it's real. It really happened. Meanwhile, and I'm eating it up. I'm like, come on, let's okay. do one. <laughs> And I, I remember hearing from Dr. Joe and other people who have these out-of-body experiences, if you question it or if you fight it, you come right out of it. So I, mm. I, I could think, but I was going, shh, shh, shh. Like I kept trying to tell me, shh, like don't, mm -hmm. don't do it. And I went through the tunnel and I was, this is going to sound crazy, but I was going through my house through walls and it was like I had on night vision goggles and I was, I was thinking like, where am I in my house? And then it took me through the floor. And I, I was like, I don't have a basement. Why am I going to the floor? So I could think. Mm. And I was like, okay, maybe I should call in my guides or my guardian angels. Maybe I should ask to talk to them. And so I, I was able to do that. And I heard these voices and it was like on fast forward. It was like, I wouldn't even try to recant it, but it was like these, da -da 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 -da. like I could hear them talking, but I couldn't hear what they were saying. And I felt someone come up beneath my, I guess, which was my astral body underneath me like this and shoot me up to the sky. Cause I was like, I want to talk to some people who can help oh. me. They shot me way up and I, they dropped me <laughs> and I heard them go, Oh, like, it was like this. We didn't mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> and I felt myself falling and I, I came back through the tunnel and I back into my body mm. and I sat up and I'll tell you just it, actually freaked me out. I turned on all the lights. My husband was traveling. I had to put the dog in my bedroom because oh. I was so scared. I didn't know where I'd gone. I didn't know mm. who I'd talked to. Mm. I was scared to go back to sleep because I was scared. I was going to like run into something that I didn't want to run into. So yeah. it kind of scared me. And so I've been very intentional about before I meditate. Now I really bring my connection to spirit, to divine, mm. to God, whatever you want to call in. And I ask for protection and I say, please, only bring me where you want me to go. 
Mm-hmm. because that felt like it wasn't a dark place, but I don't know where I was. Yeah. And I don't want to just be shooting off into the universe. <laughs> so from now on, that's what I do in my meditation. I say, please guide me, please protect me. Mm-hmm. Please only bring me where you want me to go mm-hmm. so that I can trust if I end up in a purple tunnel somewhere that that's you're okay. To, yeah, you're supposed I'm to supposed be to be there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's magic. Okay, thank you for sharing. I love hearing. So you'll hear when you go for everyone that's listening, when you go to a, a Dr. Joe retreat, he will, he'll share a lot of his experiences and or you'll run into people and they'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, we do a bunch of live meditations when we go to his events and a lot of people will have out of body experiences or this is what they'll see. So when we break, we're all telling each other what we saw. And it's obviously one of my favorite, one of everyone's favorite parts to hear like, or, you know, people get healed completely at the events. We do healing sessions and it's just, he's just amazing. So thank you for sharing that Beth. That's so awesome. And I know that's also vulnerable in some ways because some people aren't open to, to hearing or receiving it, but to each their own. And those of us who love meditation, our journey back to ourselves, to wholeness, this is part of it, wherever spirit wants to guide us. So and I'll say before the big one that happened in, in April, I was writing in my journal literally minutes before it happened. I feel so disappointed. Everybody's talking about these big experiences they've had. I haven't had anything happen. Mm. And I and I wrote in my journal, Beth, these are the stories you tell yourself. Mm. This is why it won't happen. Yeah. And then it happened. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. You I tell yourself that. these stories, like it can't happen to me. It won't happen to me. It's like, you have to release that. And totally. I told myself I'm releasing this and then it mm-hmm. happened. So. And then it happened. That's beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, I'm, we're going to wrap this up, Beth. I'm so grateful so for fun. your time Thank today. you. So fun. So fun. So let me tell everyone. So Beth, you guys has a podcast out. It's called hundred percent healing with her friend. You can check it out. You can also find more about her and her story. Follower follow her on Instagram at hundred percent healing. And then they also have a website, hundred percent healing.com and path of the hummingbird.org. I'll have all this for you in the show notes. So you can be sure to follow Beth and keep up with her story. And I'm so grateful for your time today, Beth. I love every minute of it. Such a joy meeting you Oh, at Dr. Joe's retreat. I'm so grateful for the connection. Such a big believer that, you know, the divine always puts us in connection with people we're supposed to meet. And so I'm so honored that you said yes when I asked you to come on this podcast and allow you to get vulnerable and share your story and ask, allow me to ask you some hard questions. And it was just so beautiful. I'm so grateful. Same here, Jess. Yeah, a lot of gratitude. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you so much, you guys. And I will see you in the next episode. Hey, if you love this podcast episode, can you please do me two quick favors? One, take a screenshot of the podcast episode you're listening to right now, post it on your stories and tag me at effortlessly Jess. I'm going to be so thrilled to hear from you and I will always repost it for my audience to see. Second, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, can you please leave me a five-star review? These two little things take only a few minutes, but they mean so much to me. Not only does it make my day to connect with my soul sisters on the internet, But as a podcast host, these are two things you can do to help me get my message out to impact the women of the world. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to talk to you in next week's episode. To your effortless expansion always.